Hey yo, let me holler at you for a minute. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? If you have, let me tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me break it down for you. Anchor has tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, come here, it's free. Don't let nobody know I told you that. So, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The Wrestling With My Thoughts podcast would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Chance, creating hope and needed care for everyone. Chance provides outpatient counseling services for individuals with mental health and addictive disease needs. At their clinics, you'll be assessed to determine your specific treatment needs. The staff at Chance then works together with you, your family, your community partners, and other supportive people that you choose to develop your strengths, skills, and self-determination that will allow you to live an empowered life. If you or someone you love is in need of the care and services offered by Chance, please contact them at 877-393-8184. Or you can email them at contactus at chancecreatinghope.org. For more information, please visit www.chancecreatinghope.org because everyone deserves a second chance. Hey, Brandon. All right, what's up, Roy? Let's get Kurt up here. <clears throat> hey, Kurt. Good morning. Can you hear me? All right. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, this is the Wrestling With My Thoughts crew. Trying out something a little different today, doing our first show on Spotify Live. And uh, along with myself, I want to welcome Brandon and Kurt. We are the host. And uh, how are you gentlemen doing this this fine, fine morning? Doing good. Doing pretty good. Got doing some good, good sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I... um. I don't know, man. I think now that we've got our recording schedule down, I'm used to getting up early on Saturdays, which kind of sucks now. <laughs> man, I know, I, look, I'm up at six o'clock in the morning, like clockwork. So it don't even matter no more. I just get, I just gave up. What's weird? Um, during the week, I am, but for some reason on the week, or that's wait a minute, that's the reverse. During the week, I struggle to get up. I gotta make sure my alarm clock's on. If I don't, I'll oversleep. But on the weekend, I'm normally up early. 
which is weird. So, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm up early every day. Sometimes, sometimes I'm up at sometimes I'm up at four thirty in the morning for no reason. Just, Ooh, just me too. Up. I the same thing. Same thing. Every every day, four thirty. Man. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get this party started, gentlemen. Um, this week we watched AEW Dynamite, and it to me was just more of the same um, that I've come to expect from AEW. Um, I don't know what you guys thought overall. What are, What are your thoughts? Uh, the same normal stuff, but if if do you want to go through the results of every match? Yeah, yeah. Go down know, and talk yeah about I'm just I was just at the top asking your thoughts about the show overall. Yeah, just same same. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have nothing to add. Yeah, it's just the same under under average, so below average, I I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so um, they kicked off the show with John Moxley and. Uh, Sammy Guevara. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why, but I had my expectations up for this match. I actually thought it was going to be a decent match. Um, and it was the standard 20-minute paint-by-numbers match for these two. Um, you could see where Moxley was calling the spots in the ring. Um, he was not even hiding at all the, the fact that he was it looked like to me, at least he was walking Sammy through the match. Um, a lot of weak punches and kicks, kickouts galore. I mean, the same old, same old, like I said, 20 minute paint by numbers match. What did you guys think? I thought the same thing, but if, so this is the thing, if you're trying to create a new start and as much as they're trying to push Sammy, they should have had Sammy win the match and let him advance to the, um, to the finals. I agree. Because you're pushing him. Vacation you, early. you keep pushing him like clockwork, and then we we everybody is tired of seeing Moxley, so let him just put him over. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. And another thing I noticed with this match, um, I don't remember the exact move, but Moxley did something to Guevara, and he sold for like two seconds and gets up and runs into another move. And the the whole no sell thing, man, is killing me. I mean, I, I don't understand it how you do these moves, and you don't sell that they hurt. So I don't know. That's just me. I'm the old man in the room again. No, absolutely. I, I agree. No, because no, you know, even like when in the time I came up on wrestling or whatever, like you know, the wrestlers sold. So some a lot of this stuff looked like it hurt, and. You're going to have a hard time having people, especially new people, buying into the product if it don't look like it hurt. Because, you know, we already, you know, they already like you know, wrestling fake anyway. And I'm like, y'all just making it look even more fake because you're not, in some of these moves, y'all not supposed to just get straight up from. So, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know, man. We all, we all know that it's, that it's predetermined. We all, we all know that. But damn, at least make it look good. Right. Next up, um, MJF came up from a promo or for a promo. And um, I like MJF. Uh, Kurt, I know you don't necessarily like him. Um, but this this whole segment with MJF was just flat as hell. It went on forever. And Stokely Carmichael came out 
and talked a whole lot, but didn't say shit. He didn't say a damn thing. Right, and it went on for <laughs> ever and ever. He so, didn't uh, say nothing. And then on I, top I, of I don't know exactly. what this was supposed to do. I don't know uh, if it was supposed to, to uplift, or not uplift, but uh, elevate MJF or Stokely Carmichael or that whole little group he's got running with him, but it did not succeed at all, in my opinion. No, it was a total fail. Total fail. And uh, Scott, the, the former <laughs> cast from WWE, he he cannot continue to go by W. Morrissey. I know that's his real name, but he's got to find something different. That just sounds crazy. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, he's, I mean, as far as wrestlers go, he's he's got a good look. He's tall. He's in shape. But W. Morrissey, that um, that's just a lot. So he needs to change that, in my opinion. Um, uh, it's not like he's um, like supposed to be in a, in a law firm somewhere. Say what? I said he's. It sounds like that, that he's a part of a law firm or something. Yeah. Uh, the second match they had was. Um, Jungle Boy versus Jay Lethal. And the match hadn't even started yet. And I knew that Jay Lethal was going to lose. And he ought to be extremely pissed with how he's been used thus far in AEW. I mean, maybe the money's good enough for him not to care, but they have absolutely ruined him in AEW, in my opinion. Absolutely, and then, um, and then with Jungle Boy, like I'm not a Jungle Boy fan at all. I don't dislike him. I just don't like him. Like I, I don't, I don't get the push. I don't get, I don't get him. I mean, I, I, I'm not a Jungle Boy fan at all. Um, and and have y'all noticed Aubrey Edwards is so damn animated in the ring that it's distracting. The referee, the lady referee. I haven't, I haven't paid it. To be honest with you, I haven't, I, I haven't really paid that any attention. Yeah, she drives me nuts. My son came through um, while I was watching the show, and he even he doesn't watch wrestling. He's not a wrestling fan at all. But he even commented on how odd and weird she looked with her facial expressions and all that stuff. Yeah. Now I got to uh, yeah, the next time I go back and watch, I got to. Because I, 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 I just never paid any attention. She's way overly dramatic, way overly animated. And she even made the comment on a podcast one time that referees should never uh, overshadow the wrestlers in the match. And she does it every match. Now, imagine, Kurt will appreciate this probably a little bit more, but imagine Tommy Young doing something like that. The only time I can imagine or uh, remember, rather, Tommy Young ever overshadowing anybody in a match was when he tucked Nikita Koloff's dick back in his trunks. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if either one of you have ever seen that match. I'm, oh, my God. <laughs> Go back and watch. Um, I, think you can, uh, I think you can Google it, uh, like Tommy Young junk or something like that. But, yeah, Nikita Koloff, I think it's Nikita Koloff. It's been a while, but uh, he did some sort of move, and when he hit the, the canvas, his shit popped out the side of his trunks. 
and Tommy Young, <laughs> Tommy Young, not missing a beat, tucked it in and went on with the match. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I wonder if he felt. I, I, you know what? I don't even think he even felt weird about it. Say, you know what? It is what it is. Can't let you. Can't let you wrestle with your junk out like that. <laughs> and man, I, I hate the uh, fact that uh, that that Conrad and and um, and Tony have quit doing the Tommy Young jokes. I used to love that shit, but I guess they got a they got a letter from Tommy that was like, "Hey, man, can you stop doing that?" So, oh, wow. um, and then as far as Jay Lethal goes, um, not only did he lose, man, but he tapped out for Jungle Boy. Yeah, I, I found that very, very interesting. And I've been a Jay Lethal fan since like back in the TNA days, and I just, I, I just found that like you gonna let Jay Lethal, who's probably one of the, I ain't gonna say top twenty-five, maybe top fifty in the world. But he's gonna jump, he's gonna tap out the Jungle Boy, and I'm trying to figure out what in the world they're doing with Jungle Boy anyway. Um, I did. I'm like you. I don't really dislike Jungle Boy, but I don't. If he doesn't be on, t- if he's not on TV for a few weeks, I'm not going to blink. And so I'm just trying to see like what it is they're exactly trying to do with them and what because I, I just I don't see it either. To be honest, I liked the better when he was in that tag team with Luch- with Luchasaurus. I thought that was cool, but it's a single star. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like him in the tag team. I don't like him as a singles wrestler. I shouldn't say I don't like him. I don't. He doesn't do anything. He, he doesn't do anything for me. Like I don't get right. for a Jungle Boy match. I didn't like the tag team because I thought Luchasaurus uh, more often than not hurt people than he did put on a good match. Hmm. And then we had a, a Matt Hardy sighting. Um, I he did some sort of promo. I wasn't paying him any attention because we hadn't seen it for a while. It's about time. Um, I don't know if either one of you two want to speak on that, but you know, it was just. I, I feel like I feel like it's about time for Matt to let it go. I think that time that came and went. I think it's about time. To, you know, you could go into a back row, a backstage role, or something like that because he's a wealth of knowledge. But just as far as seeing him on TV, him and Jeff, I'm like, I just don't care anymore. I think it's about. It's, I think it's about time for him to let it go. But yeah, I, I mean, I think. Jeff may be done with that stunny pool um, in Florida. I think it was Florida where uh, right. getting arrested. Um, yeah, I think he's got other shit to me that he needs to focus on other than wrestling. Um, right. He needs to get his life straightened out. But yeah, I'm like you, man. I I, I was never a huge Hardy Boys fan. Um, I always called them uh, spot fest wrestlers or whatever, I don't know, however you want to say it. So I was never a huge fan, but at least they kept the matches interesting. Um, now it's just like they're, they're going through the motions. And if, you, if, you're, if you're not able to put the same effort into it that you're used to, why do it? I mean, because that just ruins your legacy, in my opinion. Right. So... Killing himself, and I think that that's why he keeps going, you know, back off the deep end as he's been. And um, I'm just like, okay, you know, at a certain point, 
Because I know the wrestlers, they love what they do and everything. But I'm like, all right, man, at a certain point, I mean, I don't want to see, I don't want to see any of them, especially like the big, big stars. I don't want to see any of them just kind of like, you know, fade out. Like, I would rather you like go out at the top right. of your game, just know when to call it quits and just say, okay, we're done. Like, there's nothing else for us to do. We've done everything. We're done. That, that time has came to pass. And let some of these other guys get in and create their own legacy. Because they're also putting over a lot of these old talents because they're saying, hey, well, these are what the fans want to see. But I'm like, no. If I want to see the Hardy Boys, I want to see the Hardy Boys back in 2000, 2001, 2002. That version. Right. Because they right. were off the hook. But, you know, this older version, yes. is cool. it's cool for nostalgia and for special matches, but I don't need to see them every single week. I don't need to see them trying to create new feuds and all that. These guys are almost 50 years old. Like, it's about, it's, it's, it's time to go and wrap this on up and let some of these other guys create their own legacy. And y'all, if you want to stay in the business, go backstage, help, see, help some of these guys out, do the wrestling school and everything, fine. But this, I don't need to see you on TV every single week. It's not, because I, I we've seen this for 20-some-odd years now, so... Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm like you. I, I mean, exactly everything you just said is, is kind of how I feel about the Hardy Boys. It's, it's, it's over. I mean, and I hate to say that. I mean, it's, it, here I am sitting in a chair recording a podcast saying that. You know what I mean? Um, but right. it's just, it's, it's not what it used to be. So whatever Tony was hoping to get by signing the Hardy Boys, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta good fan reaction but is it bringing any more eyes to the tv and i don't think not, it is not at all it ain't it's not bringing anything and i, and I think they're doing a lot of this stuff to you know create those dream matches and all this stuff i'm like but, but i'm like you know what we have video games for that <laughs> because <laughs> they, these guys are past these guys are past their prime that's just like if they bring back the undertaker and they bring back sting to have that dream match i don't want to see that now yeah, maybe maybe fifteen years ago, but definitely not now. No, if they would have did it at that WrestleMania when Sting first hit, Sting first came into the company when they had that WrestleMania out in L.A. with Santa Clara, and if they would have done if they would have done that match then, then okay, because they could have went on ahead and walked. They, they could have went on ahead and rode off into the sunset on that one. But now I'm like, hey, these guys are almost 60, 50, 60 years old. Sting is sixty, so I'm like, I don't want to see that now. <laughs> Shoot, I, I would have rather seen that in ninety eight, ninety nine. Which I think I heard through the grapevine that you know Taker almost left the WWE and went to WCW just for that match. I heard that through the grapevine, but you know, it's just, at some point you just gotta let it go, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, bringing it back to the to the review of the show, the third match I was I wrote down literally Hobbs versus holy shit an actual jobber. <laughs> I mean, because it's been so long since I've I've seen an actual jobber in a match, um, and it was a squash. It was it was that old school big man killing a uh, killing a, a, a jobber type match to kind of get over how strong and powerful Hobbs is. I liked it, or or at least I liked it for what it was. So, um, and I also wrote down here that I think the guys need to get back to yelling their promos. 80s style. Um, some of these guys, like the Ultimate Warriors, <laughs> you just sound way too laid back, man. It, it's like I don't get I don't get hype about what they're saying or or really show any interest in what they're saying because they're so laid back. Saying, 
Yeah. Get back to yeah, yelling, no, get back to yelling and screaming like Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior back in the day. Well, no, we don't need any more promo. Work. <laughs> Never. No, 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 Never no, no. Just, just, on the ye- just, on, just on the yelling <laughs> aspect. I didn't pay attention to nothing, none of that until I got grown. And I was like, what the hell is he talking about? But just the yelling aspect. And if if you think that his if you think that his WWF promos were good, go back and watch his WCCW promos as the Dingo Warrior. Oh, okay. They're a little bit worse. It's, it's wild, man. Um, and then Starks came through the crowd. Here's, here's the thing I'm, I'm wondering. Why does everybody come through the crowd now? I, to me, that's, that's another one of those things that's been overdone. Um, it, 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 Jim Cornette said on, on his podcast uh, several times, actually, that once you do something like that so many times, the fans stop watching the match and start watching the entrance or somewhere in the arena to see if somebody's going to be in the right. crowd or somebody's going to come through the entrance. So you do it so much that your fans don't pay attention to the match that's in the, in the ring, and they're too busy waiting for somebody to come out. And for me, yep. it's just, it's it's overdone. They don't need to do that every single episode. And also, I was right. um I was actually watching it back this morning, right before we got on, just to kind of refresh my memory. And I was noticing, you remember at one point in time, AEW had blood every single week. Sometimes two matches in a show, they would have blood. And I was like, well, it's refreshing to have a few shows in a row where nobody bled. Because I think that if you 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 can't you can't do blood unless you're ECW or one of these um these ultraviolet wrestling companies or whatever you don't need to do blood every single week you know those are things that need to be made special and it yeah, has to nice, be, nice. it has to make it has to make sense like if you go I mean I can see if it's like you know you got busted open the hard way or something you know you might just slip and whatever okay that's different but you know deliberately blading every single week it's like after a while it's like okay for what exactly you don't need no nobody need to bleed two and three matches a show because now everybody's going to expect blood and then you're going to want more and i think in wrestling i think that actually kind of happened one time where it just got so outrageous that you know they had to i think this man's like all right no more blood because folks are just bleeding all the time so you know i'm gonna end it right there just not to go off on a tangent but you know yeah Certain, it's a certain things like this is you know make it make it feel make it feel special because at one point in time you saw blood you know okay this was a few that you know okay this is a blood feud when somebody came out through the crowd okay this is special because we wasn't expecting it and so on and so forth so I get what you're saying because it, it seems like somebody come through the crowd every week besides well besides Moxley because that's his interest but somebody come through the crowd and uh, running out every single week like do you have to do that no there's other ways to you know, tell a story, my opinion. Yes, I mean, it's just people, like, they, again, they, they quit watching the matches in the ring and they're looking for somebody to come out. Yep. So, you to condition me, it, the audience it, it, that way. It does more harm than good. Right. You condition the audience that way. And once they condition, yep. once you condition the audience to one way, then it's kind of hard to, you know, bring them back. Yeah. Next up was what I thought was the best match on the card and considering who was in the match will probably shock the both of you, but um, the Lucha bros versus swerve in our glory um, swerve and Keith Lee 
and it was for the tag titles. Yeah, yeah my tag uh, bro. I love that. I, I really oh, yeah. like the That's great some things in the match that I didn't like. Um, like the, the people kick. I, I don't like the Canadian Destroyer, but I hate I hate it even more that everybody kicks out of it. Um, I get tired of everybody doing super kicks and nobody putting anybody out with a super kick. But overall, I really like this match, um, which is shocking to me because even to me because I'm not a huge Lucha Bros fan. I'm not a big not a big fan of Keith Lee, and I'm not a big fan of him and Swerve together as a tag team, but this, to me, was the best match on the show. I agree. Um, the only thing that I kind of had, and it's just a nitpick thing, but the only thing I kind of saw, I'm like, how in the world can you get a 350-pound man over for a Canadian Destroyer? That's like something that you do on a video game, like not in real life. That's a big old man. <laughs> Like, I just kind of feel, okay, you can go for it, fine. But I felt like, you know, I'm like, keep to the counter it or something. Because I'm like, he's, you compare Pentagon Jr. to Keith Lee. That's a big old, that's that, those two country, one small, one is significantly smaller than the other. And I just, to, for me, I'm like, I don't think you needed, I don't think you needed to um, drop him on that Canadian Destroyer. Now, if he'd done Swerve, he put Swerve in the Canadian Destroyer, I would have been fine with it. Because it looks more realistic. But that's a, that's a big three hundred fifty pound man. I'm I'm sorry. Like it's got to be. I know all those guys lift weights and everything, yeah, but I'm like, and for a regular guy, are we going to be able to pick up a three hundred fifty pound man and flip him over the top of our head and drop him on his head? Yeah, I and I, and I think watch what I tell you. AEW is going to screw this up because if if they want something good, they need to continue on with this as a feud. Um, and, and let it pay off at one of their pay-per-views. But watch what I tell you. Going forward in the next couple of weeks, and I know we plan on watching AEW and reviewing AEW for the next couple of weeks, but over the course of the next couple of weeks, I guarantee you, you don't see any other mention about Lucha Bros and, and, and Swerve in Our Glory. I guarantee you that they're going to put this as a one-off match. And I think that's a, that's a problem for me uh, of the the type of booking that Tony does with AEW. He'll put this match together. It clicks, it works, but then he's not going to follow up. You got to follow up on that. that right, if, 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 if they don't follow up on that, then they missing the boat. Oh yeah. Right. You're missing the boat. Yep. And then, Absolutely. you know, a- after that, they give us a, a backstage, I don't know, exchange or whatever between Neville and Orange Cassidy. I'm not interested in that at all. I'm not interested in anything with Orange Cassidy. That was a terrible. That was not a terrible never, punch, by the way. Never. That was I, one of the biggest punches I've ever seen in my life. It looked like he missed. And and is it just me or all their backstage videos make me cringe? Like they're not good. No. Well for that matter, neither are WWE's. The the backstage videos they do now are nothing like they used to do back in the day. And I, 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 you know, I almost hate comparing things to back in the day, but everything's in front of a, of a, a logo now and nobody does any like true backstage shit anymore. So I, it's just, I'm tired of seeing it. I'm, I'm used to it now because they've been doing it for so long and they ruined everything. So it's normal for me. It don't even bother me anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I yeah, I, I really 
the backstage stuff. I'm like, it's just running the mill. It's part of the show. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It don't bother me at all. You know, it, exactly. It is what it is. You know, they've been doing it so long and took away from everything. So I'm like, hey, that, that's part of the game right now. Okay. Right. And then the next match, um, I feel kind of, <laughs> I feel like I was a little disrespectful because I initially got up to use the bathroom and I just said, fuck it, I'm going to take my shower. But I didn't even see this match. I know it was Britt Baker and Serena D versus Athena and Tony Storm. But I, I honestly, I didn't even see the match because I went to the bathroom, took my shower. And by the time I got out, the, the match was over. And that that sounds horrible. That it, it sounds like I'm not giving the women wrestlers a chance. It's not that. It's just that there are like two, maybe three women wrestlers in, in AEW that are that are at least decent in the ring. There's really only two, in my opinion, that are good in the ring. Everybody else is just for for, for my taste at least, it's 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 boring. It's not good wrestling. So I don't want to see it. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out so because I, you know, so before we start watching the podcast, I I'm not familiar with Tony Storm. So I'm trying to figure out where did she come from? She came from the WWE. Okay. She's in NXT and she came from the she was in uh she was actually in that um that that women's tournament that they had a few years back. The was it, I think it was the Man Young Classic or something. And she was in that tournament, and then the WWE signed her to NXT, and then she got brought up to the main roster. Uh she had they had some dip, she wasn't on the main roster long. And she actually beat Charlotte in the match, and then after that she quit. And then she ended up in um AEW. So she hadn't really she's been around, but she hadn't really been around mainstream for only maybe like a handful of years. Cause I was like, who is this lady? I I have no idea who she is right now. Yeah. And that, to me, that's that's another that's another problem with AEW when they like you're saying you're not familiar with Tony Storm. They don't do anything to to fill you in. They never do anything to yeah, fill you I'm in like, with who people are or why they are. Like I hate to use this example, but Danhausen. They have yet to explain why Danhausen's there, why he does what he does. So I mean, so it doesn't help the viewer at all. And he thought. And he sucks, <laughs> by the way. He sucks. I saw yeah. him. Quit I mean, hey, hey. I'm a big fan of his, even. He, he's terrible. He's terrible. Say what? I said, he's terrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, the whole gimmick is terrible. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I yeah. saw him at uh, at StarCast. I did, too. I said, what's up to him? <laughs> I said, what's up right to him? I was like, you are, way, you are a waste of goddamn time. <laughs> but I'll say this now: I, he had people at his table. He did because they, you know, that's the the new generation that don't know. Like this, he, this is wasting your time and your money. That's that generation. That's that generation behind me. I agree. <laughs> I, the that's, the that's only thing kids. prior to to AEW, the only thing I knew about Danhausen was hearing his cameo clips played on the on the Cornette show. And they they were hilarious because of the way the dude was talking. I didn't know he did that for real. Like that's his thing. And it's yeah. like that that don't work today, man. That might have worked forty years ago. That don't work today, in my opinion. 
Okay, so I'm out of the loop. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I'm definitely out of the loop on that. What are you talking about? The, the, talking about his cameos? Oh, Kurt went, Kurt went, you know. Um, yeah, I'm talking about the cameo, because so I'm not familiar with that. Oh, yeah. It, well, Cameo is a service on, uh, it's an app on the phone where you can get different, if they're doing it, you can get different athletes, movie stars, television stars to give you like a little shout out or whatever. Um, I've had Jim Cornette do one for me. Um, Dexter had Rod Smith do one for me on my birthday. And I had the Godfather do one for him on his birthday. But it's just, it's just a little oh, service that, that you can do to have uh, stars give you a little shout out or whatever. And Cornette and, uh, and last were going through cameo. They used to be a little bit in the show where they would go through certain stars cameos and listen to them, what they had to say. And then talk about um, how much they're charging or whatever. And Danhausen ended up being one of those. And I heard the voice and everything, but I had no clue. That's, that's how he does his gimmick. It's yes, not good, not good. <laughs> um, the main event, we knew that there was going to be another twenty-minute match because this uh, it was like nine thirty-seven when they they kicked off the main event of uh, Brian Danielson and Chris so Jericho. Hold on, before you get there, did we talk about um, Jungle Boy beating Jay Lethal? We did. Okay, so I missed that part. That that made that made zero <laughs> sense right there. I, I don't understand that. That lethal, lethal tapped out. <laughs> well, how do you have Jay Lethal losing the Jungle Boy? Right. What's that? Like? Yeah, and for, for me, and yeah, for me, just the fact that he tapped out to him—that to me is as for me, it's almost insulting to Jay Lethal. Absolutely, that's disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Made him tap out. I can see if it was like a fluky finish, like somebody screwed up. But uh, yeah, come on, man. You gonna make Jay Lethal yeah. tap out the Jungle Boy of all people? Yeah, what the hell are we doing? And and, and Jay truth, Lethal, truthfully, looking at Jay Lethal in AEW, has he won a match in AEW? I'm, I'm talking on on Dynamite or Rampage. I'm sure he has on the internet. Not that I, not not, 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 not that I not remember. No. Yeah, and see, that's a problem for me because you got. Absolutely. Yeah, Jay Jay Lethal is is too good of a talent, and if you want to use him to put people over, that's fine. But he can still win matches. Shit. But the, but the thing is, you can use him. He should be. He should have been part of the the, the that grand championship bullshit they doing. He should have been a part of that. Absolutely. He should have been in that because he was a champ. He's been the champion yeah. several times over. He was one of the longest reigning ROH champions as well. I watched that entire really. Exactly, and that's why he should have been. He should have been in that tournament, not Sam Guevara or um, the other guy. The be with Sting, Jay Lee should he should Darby Allen, yeah, Darby Allen, yeah. And I, I, I like Darby Allen, but I'm like, nah, he, he, after that no, tournament, I, I, I like him, but no, Jay Lethal should have been in that tournament. Absolutely, yeah, he's he's kind of Darby Allen. It is his his kind of grown on me. I still don't like. Uh, there's still things about his his style that I don't like, um, and maybe it's things I shouldn't be concerned about. But the dude is going to put himself into early retirement doing all the shit he does. 
He knows yeah, it because so. he acknowledged it. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and, oh, he that's knows the crazy it. thing. Like, there's to, maybe that's the thrill of it for him. I don't know, but it's just that to me, you you've got you got a chance to make more money over the long haul than you know for a few short years doing crazy shit. I mean, just slam, man, and make your money. Absolutely. Uh, so, I don't know. So just to touch on that, I listened to um, Jeff Jarrett podcast um, come home yesterday, and Conrad and Jeff were talking about um, just taking the risk in the ring, and, and Jeff was like, you know, it's certain things you should do, but it's certain things you shouldn't do if you want to have a long career. Mm-hmm. He was like, the things that um, some of the wrestlers in AEW are doing – they will not have a long career, and they're gonna they're gonna hurt themselves, and it's not worth it. Yep, yep. And they, he was like, it's not worth it. And and Tony doesn't say no. Um, and that's part of the problem. Um, he's he's brought. I think we talked about it uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago. He's brought he he put independent wrestling on a TV show. That's all he did, for the most part. Um. He he's not telling these guys no, not just because it doesn't make sense within a match, but to 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 make their careers a little bit longer. So, the main there's event, a reason why they have all these injuries right now. Say what, Brandon? I said there's a reason why they have all of these injuries right now, and people keep getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I thought we'll talk about it when we talk about the main event. I thought they had another one Wednesday night. I, I I guess that was part of the match. I don't know, but I thought Daniel Daniel Bryan. I did too. I thought he broke, I thought he broke his ankle. Yeah, I, I thought it was legit. But the main event of Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho. Um, Brian Danielson still on that level for me, but versus Chris Jericho today, it just it didn't do really do anything for me. Um, and the announcers. The announcers ruined it because as I believe it was as Danielson was coming out, they said that Danielson, if I heard him correctly, that Danielson had never beaten Jericho in the ring. So that told me that Jer or that, that Danielson was gonna win. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know, man. I think they took they took some risk in this match, the especially Danielson, that they didn't need to take every time Danielson takes any kind of bump that makes him look like he hits his head, I cringe because of how many concussions this man has had. Yeah, I, I love him in the ring, but God damn, man, just protect yourself. And, and I say again, I say that as a yeah. man sitting in a chair recording a podcast, having never been in the ring, but I don't know, man. I just, I just, I don't want to see him in his career because his brain gets rattled one too many times. Right. Uh, we don't, we don't need another, look, we don't need another, yeah. we don't need another Chris Benoit. All right. So, um, they we had a, uh, I don't know if you guys caught it, but they had a, a, uh, another thing that is, it's, it's typical of, of AEW, a very bad camera angle or camera shot when Jericho was elbowing Danielson. In, in the, the neck or in the side of the head or whatever, because Danielson wasn't making any sort of 
like eight books of bacon. But he was just sitting there. What's wrong with you today? So they, they need somebody to, to, I don't know, somebody needs to teach them how to shoot wrestling. Oh, yeah. Because from what I understand, a, a, a guy I know that works in wrestling, um, he's told me that the biggest problem is that AEW is using Turner Sports camera people. And Turner Sports camera people this far along in the game really don't know. They, they've never shot wrestling, so they don't know what angle. And then right. there's not, there's not a, um, um, an agent in the truck telling them, hey, they're about to go do this make sure you get this shot or whatever. So it's like they're they're shooting that shit like they would say an NBA game or something. I wonder if they could have called anybody any of those dudes that work that worked for Turner back in those Nitro days to kind of help them out. Because it does it does look like we're watching yeah, the basketball game. Back in the day, they, yeah, and that's what Tony Trevani said back in the day they used to use anybody like, hey you want to work a camera today? Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, he could, he could. I mean, I don't know if he would want to, but I know Jackie Crockett is still alive. He could. I mean, at least pick Jackie Crockett's brain and see what kind of info he can, or not info, rather, but um, advice he could give him on shooting wrestling. Or even uh, some of those guys that don't work for the WWE no more. Yeah, I know it's some out there. They were cameramen for the WWE and they don't work for them anymore. You know. Let's get some type of, you know, okay, how, you know, when this, when this come about, how should we shoot this? How should we shoot that? What angle do you need? And so on and so forth, because I shouldn't be able, I shouldn't be able to directly predict what's going on or see like, you know, the little secrets or whatever, what's going on directly on that camera like that. Yeah. Did, Hey, did, 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 uh, did you catch the, uh, the sign in the crowd during the, the standoff after the match with after Danielson won the the standoff between him and Moxley, I did the the sign that says CM Punk owns the Bucks. You knew somebody. Look, you knew somebody was gonna do it. <laughs> I mean, you knew was somebody dead. was gonna do it too, man. Oh man, um, but that was the uh, that was the show. I know we didn't really talk about the the main event in depth, but I mean, it wasn't very much to it really. Uh, I I kind of knew that um, the Danielson was going to win by by what the announcer said as he was coming to the ring. Um, I think they do have something with both Moxley and Danielson being in this tournament, another stupid ass tournament. But they have something there with the potential breakup of the Blackpool Combat Club, and if Tony is smart he will lean on Regal for this to help him build this. And they, again, they could possibly have a compelling angle coming out of this with, with Moxley and Danielson. Right. Um, the day when Regal exits the rest of the business will be a sad day, but Regal is, he knows what he's doing. I feel like if he puts his hands on it and let, let Regal do his thing, it'll come out right. Because Regal is one of the most respected yeah. men. I respect the hell out of him. He's one of the most respected men in wrestling. He knows what he's doing. He know he knows exactly what he's doing. Let him do it. Because right exactly. now he's really he's really kind of like um, your Paul Heyman right now. For for me, um, I say best match of the show was Lucha Bros versus Swerve and Lee. 
Worst match of the show was Jungle Boy versus Lethal simply because of their finish. Um, what do you think, Brandon? Best show or best match, worst match? Uh, best match, uh, Swerve and Swerve and Lee versus the um, Lucha Brothers, hands down. Um, worst match, uh, I can't say a worst match overall because I didn't hate the Lethal match, I just hated the finish. Um, yeah, I guess we have to go leave because of the finish. Simply because of the finish, because ta- they made they made him tap out, and I'm like that. No, Jay Lethal don't need to tap out too. If it was Brian Danielson and Jay Lethal tapped out, I wouldn't have blinked because that's Brian Danielson. But to Jungle Boy, nah, that wasn't the right booking decision in my opinion. So I, for me, that makes it the worst because I didn't I didn't think it was a bad match on the show. It was just a bunch of run run of the mill shit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I I'll go I'll go with I'll go with that lethal match. I that that left a bad taste in my mouth. Absolutely. So I, my my best is the, the Lucha Brothers versus um the other team, and then the worst one is it got to be Jay Lethal and Jungle Boy because there's no no way he should be tapping out to Jungle Boy. That that's stupid. No. No. So. Moving moving right along, um, in wrestling news, did you guys see that um, Velveteen Dream has been arrested yet again? The Velveteen Dream. Yeah. I don't uh, know he, what that man got going on right now. Yeah. I, first of all, the cat had allegations in, what was it, 2020 of um, some sort of interaction with um, an underage kid. I think the kid was 16 or something like that. I think he was sending pictures or soliciting or something like that. Um, he had those allegations. Now, as yeah. far as I know, nothing came from that, but still, man, just to have those allegations out there about yourself. Um, right. And then he, uh, he got arrested for drug possession. And then this week or last month, rather he got arrested twice. I didn't know that. He got arrested twice last month for violation of probation. Wow. Um, so. I don't know exactly what happened with him. I thought when he was in NXT, I was like, okay, when this dude make the main roster, he's going to be a problem. Not like a problem like in a bad way, but like he when he makes the main if he if he makes the main roster or whatever, like that dude's going to be something because of, you know, just the whole presentation and everything. I enjoyed him in NXT. But just to kind of see, you know, his fall from grace, you know, I hope they, you know, I hope he, you know, get his life back on track and everything. Because I thought that he was a talented performer, and he had a lot to contribute to. Um, he had a lot to contribute to wrestling because he, you know, just you know, as a performer, his charisma and everything. But you know, it's just it's it's just sad to see, you know, guys like that, you know, just kind of, you know, man, just you just seeing their life fall apart, you know, before your eyes because everything he does is is public because you know he's a well known. You know, he's a wrestling superstar. He's very well known. He wasn't like one of those guys that you would just forget about. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, man, he gets every, hopefully, he, you know, he gets it together. Yeah. I hope he get it together, but I wasn't a big fan and I didn't see any talent in him at all. I, I thought I was like, nah, I, I don't see it. I, and I still don't see it right now. I hope he get his life together, but as far as talent-wise superstar, I saw none of that at all. None. I mean, no, that's gone now. <laughs> I'm talking about even, even when it's, he, he done now. Even when he was wrestling, I just didn't see yeah, the, he, he the star appeal. It just didn't connect with me. I didn't see it. 
Yeah, I, he he was arrested on uh, on the twentieth for. Let me see. Go back to it. He was arrested on August the twentieth for misdemeanor battery and trespassing, and then six days later on the twenty sixth, he was arrested for a probation violation. And I believe that's where he had um, either drugs on him or drug paraphernalia on him. And uh, they hit him with a probation violation. Man. Mm. Oh, well. There goes the... Oh, no, I say, oh, well. I mean, I hope the guy gets his life straight out. Yeah. Man. So, and then we got some news that we haven't talked about. It's kind of old, um, but we haven't talked about it. But with all the changes going on in WWE right now, um, Jeff Jarrett stepped away from his uh, senior vice president of live events position um, like just a couple of months or whatever after taking it. And I, I don't know that he has come out and said exactly why he left. But speculation is that he was okay working under Vince because I guess him and Vince had that kind of relationship, but wasn't comfortable working under Hunter. Um, have you guys heard anything about that? No, not exactly, but I can see how he wasn't maybe comfortable working under um, Triple H. I could just kind of see it. Um, you know, Vince, I, I always say, you know, Vince McMahon had his disciples or whatever, and some guys are just like, I'm not working for nobody but Vince McMahon, so... I can so kind of see the it. same thing. That, yeah, so I did hear the same thing that he didn't want to um, work on a Triple H. I don't know why, and maybe don't they don't have, didn't have the same vision of what was going on. But I did hear, hear the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I think it also could have something to do with whatever him and Conrad Thompson have going on. Nobody knows exactly what it is yet, but um, I think that may play a part into it as well because. Being the, the senior vice president of a lot of events, I would imagine that that consumes a lot of your time, professionally speaking. So maybe with what him and Conrad want to do, they just, uh, I guess maybe he figured it wasn't for him anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's more of a, because um, Jeff Jarrett, the one thing I can say, I was never a fan, but he he been in the wrestling business a long time. And he has a vision and I know how it should go. And I think he knows, he's been around Hunter a long time to know that we don't have the same vision on what we want to do. So let me just walk away. And I think that's what he did. Yeah. And two, I think uh, Jeff Jarrett gets a bad rap because of TNA. Um, but people need to remember that TNA prior to Vince Russo and TNA prior to uh, Dixie Carter and uh, Panda Energy taking over wasn't a bad product. Um, no, it wasn't. They they tried the 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 tough task of selling weekly not. pay-per-views until they got their TV deal, but it wasn't a bad product. No, but even when they were doing the weekly, weekly pay-per-views, it was they were making you know, decent money and it was a, a good product, but they accountants screwed them over and lied to them about what they were actually making versus what they wasn't making. And that's what actually ruined them because he lied to them. Right. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and I think that's something, you know, as we do this podcast, I think that's something we definitely need to go back and uh, hit on TNA because it was it was a good product back in the day. Yes, it was. I When they made it to Fox Sports, I was excited. I said, like, good, I get to watch this for free because I used to go to my grandmother's house and watch it on that, watch it on that free pay-per-view on that black box when it first came out. Yeah. And they... Like it was really, really good. Even you know, every once in a while, I'll catch one of those old because you know Impact has its own channel, so I'll catch some of those old shows and everything. Man, I'm just like, man, they had a nice in the very beginning. They had a nice little run, and then you know it just fell they apart. Did. They, they, they did, had and a they, very and, good run, and they had some good storylines, you know, back in the day. So I definitely think we need to go back and touch on that because it was it was good. It was a good promotion. Yep. I thought they would have been a whole lot bigger. You no, know, back then I thought they would have been a whole lot bigger now than they were back then. And then you know we all pretty much know what happened and just kind of fell apart. But it's it's still going. Like you know, I don't know. It might turn into something. And I, I, I and I still don't understand how how, how I don't understand. How it's still on TV. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't either. They, but they that's yeah, a little. That's a little. They just keep on going. And I'm just like <laughs> y'all should have been out of business yeah. like five times already. Hey man, we can stay with because you. Of, because the stuff, the stuff they put on right now is terrible. It is terrible, terrible. I, I, and and we can say whatever we want to say, but that show, it like you say, it's still on the air. It's still on. It's still got legs. It's walking. I don't understand how they're making money. How they paying <laughs> the people that work for them? I just don't understand it. Yeah, and and I, yeah, I, man, I, I just think he gets a he gets a bad rap, an unfair shake if you will, because of TNA, because like you said, there was a lot of stuff going on that he wasn't aware of. Um, They were, uh, when I say they, executives at TNA, not necessarily Jarrett himself, were lying to Spike that Russo wasn't working for him, but they were secretly having Russo work for him. Um, He had the one guy get him caught up and almost ruined him financially with that... um, I don't know if it was embezzlement or Ponzi scheme or whatever he had going on, but the guy with uh, Health South or whatever, uh, that almost ruined Jeff Jarrett personally financially. Yeah. So he had a he had an uphill battle with a lot of things that were going on. He didn't have some people that he he brought on to help work with him ended up working against him. So I, I just think he gets an unfair unfair uh, judgment based on TNA. Yeah, and I'm like, I think he's got a he's got right. a very good he mind does. for the business. Absolutely, uh, listening to his show, it gives me a better appreciation for what he knows, um, and and how he feels about wrestling, because he he understands that in 2022, it's not 1992 anymore, but the core essence of what professional wrestling is supposed to be. From, from hearing him talk about it and seeing what he has done, he doesn't lose that core essence of what wrestling is supposed to be, but also incorporating the the the, the things of the time, I guess, if, if that's a good way to explain. No, absolutely. And out of the podcast, I listen to as far as wrestling, you know, Tony Schiavone is number one. Whenever, um, I would say Jeff is two, in my opinion, and uh, if if um, Bruce was is available, you know he would be in the top three, but he's never available. So Jeff, uh, Tony Tony number one, Jeff number two, 
And then Iron Number Three is the one I listen to right now. All right, gentlemen. So this is going to lead us to what may be either the most hilarious segment of the show. <laughs> or, or the most oh, here we go. Part of the show. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to run through our top ten tag teams of all time in wrestling. Um, <laughs> so I'll I'll kick it off because I'm the one that said uh, in our meeting that that it would take me a tough time or it would be tough for me because. And it, it wasn't tough for me to get the names down, to get the teams down, rather. It was just the, the hard part for me is where I want to put them on, on my one to ten. But my list goes, I'm going to start from number ten, from the bottom up. At number ten, I've got Ole and Aaron Anderson. At number nine, I've got the Hardy Boys. At eight, I've got New Age Outlaws. At seven, I've got Harlem Heat. At six, I've got the Dudley Boys. Coming in at number five, I've got the Freebirds. Four, the Road Warriors. Three, Rock and Roll Express. Two, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Number one, the Midnight Express. Hmm. And nobody has nothing to say. So let me go. No, no. So I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start from the top to the bottom. So number okay. one, I got the Steiner Brothers. Number two, I got the Royal Warriors. Number three, <laughs> number four, Midnight Express. Number five, Iron and Tully. Six is um the Freebirds. Seven is Harlem Heat. Eight is the Dudley Boys. Nine is Ric Flair and Greg Valentine, and then ten is the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, man, you pulled you pulled one out I wasn't expecting. Yeah, you got one of those teams on the list. I totally forgot about, but that's all right. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go from uh, ten to one. <laughs> so my number ten tag team is the Rock and Roll Express. Number nine, the Rockers. Number eight, the Harlem right. Heat. Number seven, the Hart Foundation. Number six, Arn and Tully. Number five, the Midnight Express. Number four, the Hardy Boys. Number three, the Steiner Brothers. Number two, the Dudley Boys. And number one, the Road Warriors. And I have a few honorable mentions. The Road Warriors. Who is your number one, Brandon? Okay. Okay. The only the only thing I would say, the only thing I would say about your list is Rock and Roll Express at number 10. Well, I didn't grow up watching them. Okay. That's but I'm fair giving enough. them, I'm giving them their credit where credit is due for what they did for tag teams, though. Like they deserve to be in the top ten. And I I understand that. I understand it. Yeah, and for me, but, but I, I'm kind of surprised that neither one of y'all—not not you, Brandon—but I'm kind of surprised that um, Ryan, you didn't have the free birds in there. Yeah, I didn't. What the, say that again, Kurt? I, I I'm kind of surprised you didn't have the free birds on your list. I do. Number five. Okay. Number yeah, five. yeah, yeah. Number five. They're my number five. Um, and I actually, when I'm looking at this. Um, I've got New Age Outlaws on there. A lot of people would probably look at me sideways because of that. And it's, it's not so much the work they did in the ring. It's just, that, for, for my opinion, the impact they had on the business at that time. Uh, right. They, they, were, they were red hot. I have them in my, I have them in my honorable mention. 
And I thought they were I thought they were a good tag team. That's why they got that's why they, they I agree. They, they I agree. My, yeah. my list. Yep. I thought they they're in my honorable they're like number eleven. They're they're in my honorable they're definitely in my honorable mention. I didn't want to leave them off, but you know. But yeah, but what they did for tag yeah, team, what, especially yeah, in the late nineties, yes, sir. Like we tuned in every week to go see Road Dog and Mr. Ass walk down that ring and talking shit. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's an example of what I meant when I said what I said in our meeting. I'm shocked at my own list that I don't have the Steiner brothers on there. So in retrospect, I would probably take out the Hardy boys and put in the Steiner brothers. But my list is what it is. I already put it out there. So, um, but yeah, Midnight Express to me, they're, they're number one. Um, and, and I like, I didn't see the original Midnight Express of Dennis Condry, um, Lavelle Austin. I think that's his name, and I can't remember the other guy's name. I never saw that version, but um, I like the version of Dennis Condry and, and Bobby Eaton and then Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton. To me, they had – they were a great tag team, and then they had the greatest manager, the greatest mouthpiece in wrestling um, to go along with them. So that's why I got them at number one. I, that makes I sense. Us to have a have a few more words back and forth about this. Well, I mean, I, I, I think we're all. I, I, hey, I, I thought y'all were going to trash my list so so bad, <laughs> but no, I think. I, I mean, but most of it, I, you know, I think we all know greatness when we see it. And so I think that's why there's not like a whole lot of um. It's not like a whole lot of back and forth. But I don't know if y'all have an honorable mention, but I do have an honorable mention. Um, my honorable mention, I have the New Age Outlaws. Um, I have Dr. Devin and Stan Hansen. I have... Okay. I have the Brothers, I, I thought I have brothers about, of Destruction uh, and Demolition. I thought about Miracle Violence, um, Dr. Death and Terry Gordy, but I... I didn't see enough of them at the time to really have an opinion yeah. on them one way or the other. Um, no, they were caught, they were called the hair raisers and they were the, they were the shit. Oh wait a minute, it wasn't <laughs> it was Terry Gordy. That's what I was thinking about. My bad. Yeah, Terry Gordy and, and Steve Williams. They were the shit. Well, glad, well, well, well yeah. I say, I'm glad. I'm glad, I'm glad y'all knew who I was talking about. <laughs> I saw them, I saw them in in WCW. Of course, they're much much more watered down in WCW than they were in Japan. But I didn't see their stuff in Japan until much yeah, later on um, when I was older. So um, that's probably the only reason they're not they're not on my list now. Um, honorable mention. I'm trying to think if I got any honorable mentions on my uh, on my list. Um, any, any combination of Raven's flock, um, I'll give that honorable mention. Um, I was, I was a big fan of Raven's flock. I was a fan of Raven. Um, I would give them a, a honorable mention and I would give the eliminator. They were definitely a great fan. An honorable mention. Oh, the ECW eliminators. Okay. I didn't see enough of them to put them on the list, but yeah, from what I've seen, yeah, they were they were pretty they were pretty cool. Um, yeah. So if I had to do an honorable mention, I would do the Dudley Boys, um, the Hardy Boys, definitely Terry Gordy and Bam Bam. 
I mean, Terry Gordon and Steve Williams, the, the Hellraisers, because they were a very good tag team. Those are, those are my three. Okay. And and while the Dudley Boys are on my list, they're on my list because of pretty much everything they did after ECW. I wasn't a huge fan of theirs in ECW. Yeah. Um, the whole the whole Dudley gimmick in ECW got a little ridiculous at some point, where they had like yeah. fifty members of the Dudley family. So. Um, yeah, I had Dudley Boys on my list, but I had them at number two because they won multiple titles everywhere they went, and they even won a champ. They won the WCW championship after the company went down the WWE bottom. So they have championships in every major and overseas in Japan and all that. They have championships in every major promotion in the United States and overseas. So there's no way I could yeah, leave them off my list. What they've done. All right. Well. Gentlemen, do uh, do either one of y'all have anything else to to wrap up the show with? Any final thoughts? Um, I guess we need to take a look at. Uh, they're talking about, and this came like over the wire yesterday. They're talking about that they're going to do Logan Paul and Roman Reigns at um that Saudi Arabia show that the WWE does every year. I, I can't. I think it's. I can't. I think it's Crown. I think it's Crown Jewel or something like that. And they're supposed to have a press conference today where Logan Paul officially challenges him. So I guess just kind of take a look out for that. And, you know, whenever that comes okay. on around, I guess we can go ahead and talk about it. And I think we do need to touch on Roman Reigns' championship reign because he's had a he's had a he's been champion for what, two going on three years now? Yeah. I yeah. think that's a terrible idea with him and um Jake Paul or whoever. I that's that, that's Logan so, Paul. Logan Paul. I don't I don't Yeah. But I think they're trying to. It, it, I guess they're trying to sell the audience overseas or whatever. Uh, Logan Paul is a name yeah. that you know gets a lot of attention, so I get it. But I don't particularly want to see that either. But you know, I think that's a newsworthy thing that's getting ready to go down. So that's Roman Reigns' name. Yeah, Apparently, that's Roman Reigns' next opponent. I, I was hoping that was a rumor because I don't, I definitely don't want to see that at all, right? And there's no no disrespect to what Logan's done because I think you know what Logan's done in the ring for him to be pretty much an amateur and not a, te- a technically a pro wrestler, not formally trained as a pro wrestler, but for what he does in the ring is pretty cool. But as far as him going for the championship, nah, you know. But hey, who are we? I don't, I don't want to see that at all. Yeah, I guess for me, one of my one of my final thoughts. Um, I'm going to do some reading on the AEW game that's coming out um, because I actually think as, as much as I complain about AEW, I actually think that that game is going to sell very, very well. I think a lot of people are going to buy that game, um, but there's some, there's a, there's an omission from the game that I don't understand. Um, FTR is not on the game but you can get them as downloadable characters or whatever. Um, so I'm going to look more at that because they've been developing this thing forever. Um, and Kenny Omega's in charge of it. And I don't know what kind of outside of playing video games and being a fan of video games. I don't know what sort of experience Omega has to put him in that position. So um, I'm going to look more at that and we can talk about that a little bit um, next show as well. So 
And I know we'll be reviewing AEW Dynamite over the next couple of weeks. Because um, for me, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way, just despite the, the negatives that I say about AEW, I want them to thrive. I want them to do good because we, we've always had in wrestling um, a different thing to choose from. Um, I was never much of a WWF fan until the early to late nineties um, or I'm sorry, the mid to late nineties, because they were just, they were more childlike, more, more cartoonish and, and whatnot. And that just wasn't my thing. I was more of an NWA fan. So I think that we need another promotion uh, for wrestling fans to have an alternative to WWE. But I just think that Tony, and we can go into in depth of this maybe next week or something. I just think that Tony needs to, he, he can still do the, the booking if he wants. I mean, it's his company. He can do whatever he wants to. But I think bringing somebody in that could be a very knowledgeable and skilled advisor to help him fine tune and tweak some things uh, because they, they, they've got a national audience. They've got everything a promotion needs to be successful except experience. So uh, I, I was never a WWF or WWE fan. I was always NWA. And I think if Tony, if he really want to be successful, hire Jim Cornette, let him do the booking. If he can, if, if you let Jim but Cornette fire him, hire him whatever he wants. That's the whole reason he turned him down. But I'm just saying, if you really want to be successful, give Jim Cornette carte blanche and, and you run everything. And that company would thrive. Yeah. Because Jim yeah. knows exactly. what to do and what not to do. Exactly. Exactly. And I think people... I think people misread Cornette, and I think some of that's his own fault, but I think people misread Cornette sometimes because of of what he says and how he says it, but he's not against so-called, quote-unquote, modern-day wrestling, per se. He's, he's anti some of this dumb shit that they're doing in AEW, which most of us actual pro wrestling fans hate as well. So, uh, I mean, I know for me, yeah. that's that's part of the reason. When I saw that very first AEW pay-per-view and I watched that Battle Royal that they had at the very beginning, I could not believe what the hell I was watching. It was a complete shit show. And the the night just got worse from there. The only shining moment from that pay-per-view was the Dustin Rhodes-Cody Rhodes match. But And I thought that match sucked. That shit was terrible to me. I, I didn't like it at all. But, but to me, that 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 initial pay per view out the gate set the tone for what would be AEW, and I knew it was nothing that I would be interested in. So, but just one man's opinion. My two Abe Lincolns. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, folks, thank you for joining us. Um, Hopefully this little experiment with uh, with Spotify Live will be something that uh, that helps us out with the show here. We're going to get better uh, week after week. We've got some things that we're all working on right now to make this a better show. And uh, so just stick with us and you will definitely see the proof is in the pudding. Well, gentlemen, until next week, 
I will see y'all later. All right. All right, everybody. See y'all later. Bye.